Welcome to the Lads NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Lads Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your number one destination for NFL fantasy football news and analysis in Australia. I'm Cora Beeland, joined in the studio tonight by my fellow American, Tyler Ames. Tyler, welcome. Thank you. This is your first show. So tell us, how are you doing? Ah, mate, I couldn't be more proud or humbled to be joining you tonight and to be voicing my meaningless opinion on this beautiful show. Well, it's great to have another American accent on board. Hopefully everyone will be able to understand us loud and clear, but um, we'll throw in a few Aussie slangs, don't you worry. Well, let's, let's jump into the banter. We've got a few talking points here, and this first one I'm really excited about. Um, let's talk about the border war, as I'm calling it, or as you called it, the Browns brawl. So, Cleveland versus Pittsburgh. Thursday night, primetime game. In case you missed it, Miles Garrett has been suspended indefinitely for hitting Pittsburgh quarterback Mason Rudolph in the head with his own helmet. What happened? Walk us through it, Tyler. Hey, this was nothing short of incredible. I, in my entire life, have never seen anything like it, and I loved it every single second of it. Um, Really, what happened was the Steelers uh, just were getting crushed. And you have Mason Rudolph, backup quarterback, who at the end of the day comes, a, comes across in the end of it a bit like a petulant child because he was sad that he threw so many interceptions and just got crushed. Well, Miles Garrett certainly treated him like a child in that, in that incident. Tell us more. Um, so, yeah, so then you, at the end of the game, tempers are flaring. You know, it's just, yeah, pandemonium. You have Mason Rudolph, a quarterback, going after one of the biggest, toughest, meanest best defenders in the entire NFL and Miles Garrett. He initially is the one that tried to rip off Miles Garrett's helmet, which of course was never going to be successful. Uh, you have multiple Steelers players as well, kind of between the two. Miles Garrett went extreme crazy mode, rips the helmet off of Mason Rudolph, and then proceeds to beat him over the head with it. It was amazing. He was up against two Steelers offensive linemen, too, who were trying to drag him away from Rudolph, but the iron grip of Garrett was just too much to hold off. Um, it, was, it was a sad thing, right? We should never see this happen in the NFL. Um, guys like this should know when to draw the line, but um, it was insane. It, he literally brandished a weapon and hit him over the head with his own helmet. It, it got news. It definitely made headlines, not just across America, not just across NFL viewership, but, you know, everywhere. I had, you know, friends in Australia who don't watch football, know nothing about it, coming up to me, showing me this video. Um, it's certainly, yeah, it's something that you never want to see, and it's not a representation of the game. So we may joke about it, um, but it was, yeah, it was something. It'll go down in history for sure. Yeah, so that Browns defense is going to take a big hit with Miles Garrett being suspended indefinitely. We'll see if he comes back next season even. He's done for the rest of this year at the very least. No doubt. What else have we got here? Tell us about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Ravens are the real deal. There's just no better way to say it than I think they might be Super Bowl favorites. And that's a big, big ask. They're not even the number one seed in the conference. Um, 
and they will have an uphill battle if they have to go on the road against New England. But when you just break it down, um, they have, in the last five weeks, have knocked off three legit playoff contenders in the Seahawks, Patriots, and Texans. And not only did they beat them, but they dismantled them. Um, those three teams have a combined record of 23-7. and seven. They outscored those three teams by over 21 points on average. That's, that's incredible. Um, their last two losses were in back-to-back weeks, um, in week three and four against your Chiefs, and then the hapless Browns, who we were just speaking about. And in those games, their defense let up 500 yards. What's incredible is, is the defense has done a complete 180, and they are bringing it on every single level. They are absolutely terrifying, and if I was an offense, even with Bill Belichick at the helm, I, I would be worried. Um, you look at even just the last six weeks, they have more turnovers to touchdowns that they've allowed with 12 turnovers, and they've only allowed nine touchdowns. Um, you, you look at then their offense, which I haven't even you know, begun to mention. Lamar Jackson, legitimate MVP. I think he's at the very top, um, you know, potentially you know, McCaffrey, but yeah, he, he's unreal. Yeah, there's a great video this week um, of, of, of Mark Ingram actually being the hype man for Lamar Jackson in the postgame interviews. Uh, it was great, I, and it's obvious, you know, the guys love him. He's, his swagger is up. He's so confident at the moment. They're going into the playoffs full steam ahead, and there's still a few weeks left in the season. Yeah, yeah, there's absolutely no question about it. Um, you know, he has more rushing yards than Ingram does. Um, by over 100 on the season to this point, which that is mind-blowing in and of itself. But, you know, he, he absolutely is the man right now, and he should be on cloud nine. And I, I think that, barring injuries, um, they are the team that I would be most afraid of uh, come Super Bowl. Well, um, our boy Ben, leader of the league at the moment, is the guy who is uh, the owner of Lamar Jackson, so he's been benefiting there, that's for sure. His point totals on the season, outplaying every team. He's got a 10-1 record, so that's amazing to see. But for everyone else, as they say, or Scott Hansen would say on Red Zone, um, this is the witching hour. We, we've reached the final quarter of the season. Um, there's really only two games left that matter for those people who want to try and make the playoffs. So either you're going to get the job done or you're in danger of missing out. So in our league, it's actually particularly close. Positions two through eight, so second place through eighth place, are all within a game of each other. So these last two games are going to see a major shuffling of the standings. And in particular, we've got a couple games here that we think are going to be crucial um, leading into the close of the season. So start us off. What's the first one? Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and really, every single team does have a chance. I think something that we need to you know, be very wary of is that tiebreaker of points four. That's, that's going to be a massive impact. Um, but I think the first game of the week is one that uh, it might be special to you uh, because your team, Special K, is teeing off against not so Gronkastic in Dyson's team. Um, you are the favorite at the moment. You're sitting at number three um, with Dyson at number six. But with Dyson uh, is third right now in the league in points four, only behind the top two teams. So really, if you're looking at it and you look into next week as well, next week you have 
a, a very difficult matchup against the number two seed. And he has maybe a little easier matchup against the number nine seed. So I reckon that unless you win this game, I'm calling it now, you're not making the playoffs. Damn. I'm going to let that soak in for a minute, but I think you called out a point there early on uh, that really does matter. It's that points total, Um, especially in our league where there's going to be a great chance that there's a high number of teams that finish with an even record or a very similar record. Um, Those points are going to win the day at the very end. Um, Another matchup that we need to dive into is is slightly important is the one versus four matchup with Ben versus Mark. So Ben, of course, being in first place at the moment, um, his season is is already ready for the playoffs. He's clinched. Um, he probably clinched a week or two ago. Um, but Mark is in fourth, so he's just behind me, and he could definitely use a win. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup against Ben. His, his team is stacked. But if he could get a win here, then that's going to give him a, a great chance at finishing in the top four for the playoffs. So... And an even record at the end means points win the day. So keep that in mind, everyone. Get your points in as much as you can, but realize that even if you split these last two games, those points are going to come in crucial. Yeah, and you know, at the end of it, it does break my heart a bit. I'm also waving the white flag because you know I look at my points for. Uh, I left a lot of points on the bench this season, as I think we all have. You know, didn't start players just kept nobody in at certain times started you know injured players and I think it just goes to show you that um, that's it comes down to that close to margin so it's every decision that you made during the entire season Um, so it'll be very exciting to see what happens but you know guys uh, you're in for a really great show Uh, lined up for you tonight as always you know headlines and news grinners and sinners uh, the trading block sort of And naturally, a dive into the waiver wire. So, Corb, shall we get into it? Absolutely. Let's launch the news. Headlines and news. And now to the news. So, this is where we will break down the top news headlines of the week. And I will kick us off with uh, something that's quite near and dear to my heart, uh, something that I've noticed with this podcast, and I'm not going to you know, throw anyone under the bus or mention any names, but you know, certain people have been known to get on a bit of a soapbox, so I'm getting my soapbox out right now, and I'm getting on it. So we're starting with a, a tale of two halves, my Denver Broncos. We come out after the bye week with a quarterback that nobody's ever heard of we absolutely demolish a playoff bound team in the vikings on the road we are up 20 to 0 in one of the most shocking potential upsets of not just the week but probably the season when all the the hope and the energy and everything is is just at its very highest we go off in the second half revert right back to our old ways and blow a 20 point lead and lose the game 27 to 23. So I have a bit of a theory that, it, you know, some might even say that it is a conspiracy theory. But I reckon that John Elway, in his infinite wisdom, went down at halftime and told my Denver Broncos that they needed to lose the game. You know, the writing's on the wall. We knew that we were going to have a bad season. We've already traded away Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers. 
We have put our quarterback that we spent a lot of money on in Joe Flacco. We put him on season-ending IR for you know an injury that was a bit suspect. And I think, you know, we're just taking a page from the NBA. We're tanking to get a better uh, draft pick, which, you know, good on you, Elway. I, I don't mind that at all. Well, you can't see me right now, but as a Chiefs supporter over here, I'm laughing. Um, this is the type of storyline or headline that, that makes me giggle. Um, anytime we see the Denver, Denver Broncos, the Denver Donkeys, as we call them, take a little bit of a nosedive, um, it's always entertaining to watch. But hey, that's, that is a sad story. There were some flashes of greatness coming from that end of the line. And hey, my Chiefs have had a few stumbling moments in the last few weeks also, but hey, that's... You hate to see that. That's definitely a big headline. Um, hopefully we'll see them flip it back around next week. I hope not. Uh, another point we want to run through this week um, on the news is that there was a huge fantasy week for quarterbacks. Uh, we're not sure what the rhyme or rhythm was or, or what magic was happening, but um, usually we've seen some pretty top performances from position players in our Grinners list. And we'll dive into this in a bit more detail later on. But seven of our 10 top scoring players were quarterbacks this week. Now, in my other league, um, I was lucky enough to have two of them, and I happened to start the one that had the higher point total in Jimmy G. But um, it was a wild week for QBs. So um, keep an eye on them. We're coming towards the end of the season. These are the guys you lean on. Maybe weren't drafted too early because you count on those position players to be the breadwinners. But um, hey, it was, it was a week for the QBs. So get ready for that in our Grinners section coming up next. And then on to our final story. You know, really, we're going to take a, a quick look into another one of our conference uh, opponents in the Chargers. And, believe it or not, your Chiefs, as they played a wonderful Monday night football game in Mexico. As the NFL is, again, trying to pitch uh, Mexico on our beautiful game in hopes that at some point uh, we have representation both there and in London. Um, Really, it was an interesting game because I felt like even though the Chiefs had all the excitement with getting Patrick Mahomes back off of injury, you know, everyone was talking about them. You look at the Chargers, who are absolutely not the team that we would have thought that they would be this year. I think there were so many high expectations that they would really come out and be a playoff contender, and they've just let everyone down, which is quite typical of the Chargers. Um, but they went into the half making three of four field goals. Doesn't sound great, but they kept Patrick Mahomes to 70 passing yards in the first half, which, which was quite impressive. Um, yet somehow they still went into halftime down on the scoreboard. So it was just one of those games that, you know, really representative of, of this season. And, you know, I must say I'm quite impressed with, with your Chiefs. And I, I think that uh, once Patrick Mahomes gets right, uh, I think that you're going to be quite dangerous. Um, I think it might be a Ravens-Chiefs uh, playoff matchup in, uh, in the near future. You know, um, I mentioned it last week about Mahomes and his high-powered, offensive-driving cannon of an arm, uh, sometimes potentially leading the defense into uh, a long-winded matchup against the opponent's offense. Uh, And we saw that last week where the Titans managed to slip away with a victory at home 
and crushing defeat for the Chiefs. Um, but this week it turned into much more of a defensive matchup between these two clubs. Um, I don't think they s- scored more than 20 points each. And and so it was interesting to see that the Chargers weren't able to pull away with it. And Mahomes continued that trend from the first half and had his lowest yards total passing of his entire career, his short career and future great career. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's something going on with the Chargers, that's for sure. You know, Keenan Allen is, has not been able to turn it on at the wide receiver position. Phillip Rivers is not connecting with him. There's some chemistry issues going on. Austin Eckler was hot to start the season. They've got Melvin Gordon back. These two are flashy split game wide receiver or running back duo that should be impressive to watch, but they're just not turning it into points. So it's, uh, it's definitely one to watch, but uh, I don't think the season's going to go much further for the Chargers. Nah. So next up... For you guys, we've got the injury update list. So two big players came down with some injuries this week, starting off with my guy, fellow chief Tyreek Hill, who came out with a hamstring. He was in for only about one drive and then came out with for the rest of the game in the, after the first quarter. So he didn't have a point, and he is um, you know, not looking great. We'll have to see how quick of a recovery he makes. We haven't seen any news about his potential for next week or the following week. But um, that's a guy who's pretty crucial to Pat Mahomes' offensive scheme. And a second guy who's had a more serious injury, and one who I mentioned last week as well at the running back position, is Marlon Mack for the Indianapolis Colts. So he had a bad incident where he fractured his right hand, and he will for sure miss the Texans game. Um, He was seeing specialists as of early this week, um, but as of this morning, we've learned that he went into surgery. So it's going to be likely at least two weeks off, um, which for Mac owners here at the end of the fantasy season is a bit depressing. So keep an eye out on that news. There's a chance as a running back, he might not need his hand as much. We've seen guys come back from things like this, but it could be tough. What else have we got, Tyler? Tell us anybody else on the injury list that you're keeping an eye on. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the scarier ones. There's there's a couple. Um, you know, in that first game that we talked about, uh, that Steelers game, Juju Smith Schuster uh, went down with a, a pretty scary concussion. Um, another big hit um, was on Auden Tate of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, he had to actually be carted off the field um, as well, which, you know, when you looked at it in real time, you're like, oh, he is, he's probably done for the year. Um, but fortunately, all reports show that he actually has escaped any serious injury and, and should be back maybe not this next week, but um, before the end of the fantasy season. Um, so watch out for that. Um, Debo Samuel, flashy rookie, a uh, bit of a, a shoulder uh, niggle there in the fourth quarter that that pulled him out for the rest of the game, but um, you know reports show that he should be back. Um, and then another one to look out for is just Philip Dorsett uh, concussion as well. So we'll see if uh, he can get out of the concussion protocol by next week. Gosh, running through these injuries, we, we see these concussions coming in week after week. It just shows you this is a dangerous game, folks. Um, these guys are putting a lot of their health on the line to make this happen. Um, so we'll definitely be hoping all these guys make a swift recovery. Uh, but others who may be making a recovery soon, some existing injuries to keep an eye on, players who could make a difference for your squad here in these last two weeks. We've got Matthew Stafford, Devontae Freeman, T.Y. Hilton, Alshon Jeffrey, 
Chris Thompson, Jordan Howard, A.J. Green, Austin Hooper, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, and Adam Thielen. That's a long list, and those are all a lot of big names, players who I think definitely to keep an eye on um, if you're playing against these guys, if they're going to come back and make your matchup a bit more tough. Um, but, yeah, Tyler, what do you think? I mean, it's, it's a really fascinating list. I mean, these are some of the flashiest, most important um, players for their respective teams um, and for a lot of our teams. You know, they are key contributors. Um, so just getting a few of these back. Um, but that's where I think it's going to be really important to watch um, their statuses throughout the week, see how much they are participating in uh, training, um, and, you know, really watch out the night before. Um, I think, you know, with the timing here in Australia, I think a lot of us have been burned at times of starting a guy that then ended up being injured. Um, so maybe it might even, if you're in the mix, might even be worthwhile to wake up at three or four before the game start just to make sure that uh, none of these players uh, end up uh, burning you in the end. That would definitely take some real commitment. Let's run through last week's performances in our Grinners and Sinners section. Grinners and Sinners. Okay, it's time for the Grinners and Sinners. This is our breakdown of some of the best performances of the week and the worst. And the most consistent theme for us this week is those QBs. As we mentioned earlier, we said we would dive into a bit more detail about some of these top performances, but um, it was the week of the QB, that is for sure. A few guys that we might expect and who have been on this list before, but a few others who have stepped up their game uh, and had big weeks. Um, one of them, this first one, um, nearly cost me the matchup. <laughs> so we'll start with him. It's the Bills QB, Josh Allen. Uh, the Bills have been a surprise team this year. Uh, they've had a record that many would not have forecasted early on in the preseason. Um, but Josh Allen has been one of the reasons why they've been pretty consistent on offense. And this week, he finished with nearly 34 points off 256 yards passing, three touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown, which is awesome. Um, it's one thing that people don't always realize about Josh Allen is the guy can run. He's a confident runner when he needs to be. Um, and he has the ability to put up those points for you both in the passing game and in the running game. So um, he's a young guy. A lot of the guys we're going to chat through are pretty young, but they've got a lot of potential. So I think we're looking at the future of the league here. Yeah, and just one thing to mention about Josh Allen, I think, is you know, just to be wary. Um, you know, watch out because when you look at the, his remaining four games, um, he has one of the toughest strength of schedules remaining for any quarterback. So that alone is something just to be wary of. Um, you know, he still is a young quarterback. You know, young quarterbacks are, are prevalent to make mistakes, especially near the end of the season, especially in pressure circumstances when, you know, they are in a situation that nobody expected them to be. Um, and, you know, something else is he has had four rushing touchdowns in the last three games. Um, and, you know, if you just look at you know, over the course of his career. Yeah, it's still short, but, you know, it's enough that you can see that that probably isn't sustainable. Um, and the last thing, you know, his top three performances have all come against one team, and that's the Miami Dolphins. Um, so, and we all know, we don't have to say anything about the Miami Dolphins. Um, <laughs> they've I think it speaks for itself. They've got to get their plug every week, that's for sure. Uh, but no, those are those are great points for sure. A lot of these young guys do face some difficult situations, um, and we'll be diving into another another one of those in our sinners list once we make it down to that 
dreadful list. Um, but one of the common themes that we've seen with some of these young quarterbacks is their ability to be a threat in the running game as well. So a few others who made our list, um, obviously Lamar Jackson with 33.5 points. Another one, Dak Prescott with 31.5 points. Kyler Murray with 26.7 um, some of these guys, you know, you, you really have to be watching out on both sides of the field. Um, whether they're running it or passing it, they've got multiple ways to take you down. And luckily for us fantasy owners to get us a few extra points. So anything of note about those guys uh, for you, Tyler? Well, I think, you know, you just have to look at Dak and just give him a round of applause. You know, he at the beginning of the season said, you know what, I'm not going to take the contract. I'm going to bet on myself. And... It's going to pay off. He's going to hit the lotto. He's going to get paid real big dollars. Um, so you just got to commend him for it. He did what he said that he could do. He backed himself. And, and yeah, I think you know the season that he's had to this point um, has been really impressive. So good on him. Um, you know, Kyler Murray is, is a really interesting one. Um, just the fact that he only had 150 yards passing, which, yeah, to get 26.7 uh, points as a quarterback with only 150 yards passing is, is pretty Un- unbelievable, really. Um, he had two touchdowns through the air, one uh, rushing touchdown as well, which of course always helps. Um, but it does go to show that when you can be a dual threat quarterback, um, not only does it help you know in the games, but it really will bol- bolster your fantasy numbers. Um, and something with Kyler, you know, he played a really stout defense in San Francisco, and I actually watched that game and. It was interesting because he actually would have had quite a few more passing yards, but um, had a number of really catchable balls dropped. Um, and, you know, they came out and really stuck it to San Francisco, a team that is, has been on the rise. So, you know, watch this space. Um, I think that he is somebody that, you know, you can rely on for, for the rest of the season. Yeah, that was a pretty big matchup of quarterbacks there with San Francisco and Arizona. Jimmy G was also on our list third in the points total with 31.6 points. Um, but yeah, I love Kyler. Yeah, He's been pretty touted uh, from throughout this preseason and into the season as, as a young rookie quarterback stepping into an interesting situation there in the Cardinals uh, in Arizona. Um, there's, there's another guy in the Cardinals that I'm sure you'll have something to say about as we get to our centers list. But um, yeah, we've, we've loved these young guys. Um, the QBs had their week, and I think these point totals definitely go to show for it. Now, another young quarterback who's made his graceful exit, um, maybe not quite as graceful as that amazing mustache he rocks, Gardner Minshew, is out for Jacksonville, and he's been replaced by Nick Foles, a guy who has proven himself as a stud QB, Super Bowl winner with the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's come back firing, um, and one of his favorite guys, clearly, is DJ Chark. Uh, he came away with 26.4 points, one of the few positional players on our Grinners list. Um, and he had 15 targets for eight receptions, 104 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, Tyler, you've got a few more stats that um, tell us why DJ is the future for Jacksonville. Yeah, DJ has just been really impressive. Um, he's come out and he is a top 10 wide receiver, you know, in it week in week out. Um, he's making incredible catches. Um, he can run routes with the best of them. He's gone against really tough cornerbacks, um, and have, has had, you know, a ton of success, um, against even the best. Um, I think he's fifth among all fantasy wide receivers, um, which, you know, just goes to show 
Uh, one thing, I don't necessarily agree with the benching of, of Gardner. You know, I think he had the locker room. You know, he, I think his just personality speaks for itself. You know, they are not going to the playoffs. You know, so why not take the risk, develop your young quarterback who has had some success? And yes, certainly ups and downs, which is to be expected. But, you know, I just love him. I love him. I want to see more of him. Um, but one thing for, for DJ Shark is just Nick Foles loves him. And I think as long as Nick Foles is in there, uh, you will see uh, DJ Shark as, as a top performer for the next four weeks. Love it. Love DJ. Hoping the best for Jacksonville and Gardner Minshew. He's my boy. But um, we've got one more Grinner story for you to finish off. This guy didn't quite make the list, but um, you've got a few things to say about your guy, Darius Geis. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, not a story that is very well known. Um, Darius Geis is in his second season with the Washington Redskins. Um, you know, you're probably thinking, I don't even know what team he plays for. But he, in his first year before the season started in training camp, tore his ACL. And then this year, before getting any playing time, got injured again. They put him on, you know, the shortened IR. Um, but in his first game out in front of, you know, his, his hometown crowd, uh, family in attendance, you know, he went out, he didn't get a lot of touches. He only got eight, eight rushes on the day, but he made the absolute most of them. He got an absolute massive run. Uh, he totaled 69 yards and a touchdown. Um, he is somebody that, you know, I think for next year, just keep in the back of your mind. Cause I think that he is, you know, just one of those, real talent. He is a star in the, in the making. Um, I wouldn't bank on him just yet. Uh, you know, he's still on the Redskins. You know, he has faced the injuries um, throughout his career. So, and their offensive line is terrible. So I think, you know, for the rest of the season, they will continue just to give him a few touches, you know, as, as Adrian Peterson's backup and watch this space for next year. Yeah, he's been a big reason why AP has had a fairly decent season there for the Redskins. He's put up a few strong weeks recently, but um, with Darius Geis back, it's looking like he's going to start making his presence known, um, which we love to see that. We love a good Grinner story. Um, so let's quickly run through the centers. We've only got a couple that we want to focus on, but um, I'll quickly run through the list. We had James Conner with just 2.1 points. That's pretty tough. Uh, He did have an injury, though, so maybe a decent excuse. Amari Cooper with 5.3. Looks like he just lost out to Gallup and Cobb, which is the bigger story in Dallas. Uh, Tyler Boyd with just 1.5 points at wide receiver. Um, Any chance this guy could get any more targets? Maybe. Um, But Deshaun Watson is is the big story we want to dive into. Um, He was sacked how many times, Tyler? Seven. Seven times! That's pretty bad. Um, you know, he was going up against Lamar Jackson. It was highly hyped. We wanted to see these two stud future QBs, guys who we think are going to be running the league for a long time. Um, and Deshaun crumbled under the pressure. Like you said, these young guys can't always uh, pull their heads into the clear in these situations. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think that this will be, you know, a, a repeat thing for Deshaun. I think he will walk away and learn a lot from it. Um, it was one of those situations that they got in a bit of trouble early, and, and it's a bit like quicksand. 
the more you know you get stuck into it, the more you struggle, and the more you struggle, you know, the faster you sink, and before you know it, you just can't get out. Uh, it was just one of those games that you know just nothing was working, and so yeah, they just didn't come in with a good game plan, and and he didn't uh, produce. But you know, it was one of those games where they played each other in college. It was just going to be a, a really exciting matchup, and it just was a bit of a dud. So yeah, I, I, four point nine points for Deshaun. That's shocking. Five points, under 10 points for any QB is, is a sad day, but that's really tough. Um, another c- couple of quick ones. Kenny Galladay, not surprising, just 3.9 points with Matt Stafford out. Tough to see. Tom Brady with just 8.54, another QB under 10. Um, but yeah, th- as we said, this week was the story of, of the high-performing QBs. But another guy we're going to close off with, your man, David Johnson. <laughs> another hey. sad story. <laughs> I don't know if I can uh, claim him anymore. Um, I, to be honest, I'm at a total loss even what to do. Um, you know, when you draft somebody quite early, and in fairness, you know, I had my man. I called him out. I wanted my boy, my friend, you know, Christian. But unfortunately, one pick, I lost out to him. And so, of course, I went with what I thought was going to be the safe bet, David Johnson. Uh, it's now been two weeks in a row where it seemed as if he was healthy. He participated in every training for the week. You know, he, he seems as if he should be getting carries, and he's gotten zero points back-to-back. Um, so he just is somebody that I cannot start, and that, there's just nothing bigger than your top pick just doing what he's done to me. It's done me dirty, and he's breaking my heart. That is a sin for sure. Um... It's a tough story, and he's got to be the guy in Arizona. There's no one else to fill his shoes. So um, we'll see. Um, That's a tough one. But, hey, that rounds us up for the Grinners and Sinners. Thanks again. Let's move on to our next section, um, which is the trading block, or not quite. The trading block. And we're sort of into our trade block discussion. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to give another shout out to the great commissioner and podcast man that is Joel. Um, he, you know, let us know that we should prepare quite a bit for this section, uh, only for us to come in today realizing that what, what has happened? We've hit the trade deadline as of last week, so trades can no longer happen in our league. <laughs> right. So there is no trade talk. Um, unfortunately, because anything that we do talk about can't actually be actioned on. So no worries there. Uh, we can do a bit of a recap. Um, so we'll get into that right now. So first off, I, I need to make a confession. I've, I've been running this trading block section. I've been encouraging trades all year long. I've been in every single podcast episode touting these trades. And I have to, I have to admit to everyone that I did not make a trade this year. Um, there weren't a ton of trades across our league, so if that gives me any grace, but um, I'm a little disappointed in myself. I think I can do better. So next year, guys, watch out. Your inboxes are gonna have my name in it with some options for you. Because um, trading is a great fun part about fantasy. It, the whole season, the whole draft process is a gamble. Um, so throwing out a few trades, seeing if you can come out on the positive side is always something worth doing. Now someone else in our league who has been known for a trade or two in his time um, was also just like me, a goose egg. No trades coming through. Um, who is that? Ah, oh, 
our favorite, number one in our hearts, number one in the league, our best friend, Ben. Unbelievably, Ben, who is notorious for some maybe questionable deals, either at the end or, um, you know, pulling the wool over some of our Aussie, unexpected Aussie fantasy players' eyes, he you know, didn't have to make a single trade all year because he just killed it on the waiver wire and his initial draft was was impeccable. So, you know, he's proven that even without a trade, he can still finish in first. Well, you know, it's, I guess it's typical to hate on the champ, right? Um, he didn't win the league last year, but he's looking really strong this year. He's He's made the playoffs already. We've got to say something about him, but that was one way to give to talk some trash but then actually give him a compliment so there you go chippy um but hey maybe maybe those trades that we talked about will come through next season absolutely and i was in the same boat um did not actively participate in any trades and and actually looking back on the whole season um it was a bit surprising that that the league as a whole we really only had five key trades really five trades just about um one of the first um, was Mark and Joel, who traded Juju and Montgomery um, for Gordon and Connor. Um, I reckon this is probably the biggest trade of the season. And, and in hindsight, you know, probably pretty fair. Uh, difficult to really forecast Gordon. He was, he was a high-risk, high-reward type player. Still could potentially, you know, pay a bit of dividends. Um, you know, you look at Juju matching up quite well, but, you know, with Roethlisberger going down, that, that impacted things mightily. Same with Connor, who, yeah, just, um, I think, all up, probably a pretty even trade. You had a trade, Crowder for, for Breda, um, also pretty even. Um, Neil trading away Samuel and, and Landry for, for Galladay, which I think all up, if you really look at it, probably fairly consistently fair as well. Um, and then the most recent, which really was not, was quite a, a long time ago, back uh, at the start of October, um, you had uh, typical uh, culprits, Mark and Joel. Um, Joel getting uh, Sony Michelle um, and get, getting rid of tight end Disley, who you know went down with an injury pretty quickly. So I reckon that he probably got the best end of that deal. So really, that's all to to recap for trades on the year. Um, next year, let's uh, let's go a little bit bigger. Yeah, three guys who made the majority or if not all of the trades for our league this season. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to pick it up. That will conclude the final trading block segment of the year. We're going to conclude this one and move on to our final section, the waiver wire. The wire. All right, we made it. The final segment of the episode. Tyler, I must say, before we get into this last one, it's been a pleasure. You've done an excellent job. Um, always, we've really enjoyed having you. Mate, it's been an absolute blast. So, uh, yeah, look out for me next season. Let's do this. Let's, let's wrap it up with The Wire. All right, so everyone knows about this section. Um, we basically give you a bit of advice around the guys that are up for grabs um, and maybe a few who you might want to just keep an eye on and even a couple who you should probably just not touch. Um, we're getting towards the end of the season here. There's a few things you definitely need to be keeping in mind. As we mentioned earlier, things are close. This is the last two weeks. These moves matter. So let's dive in. So first thing to first things first, 
Um, we need to make sure everyone realizes this is the final bye week of the season. So week 12 bye. Teams included in that list are the Chiefs, Cardinals, Vikings, and Chargers. A couple of those teams with big-name players, a few more guys that are going to have to sit this week. So this, these moves matter for potentially the last week. So um, for some of you listeners, uh, this section might not actually be published until after your waiver wire has passed, but a lot of these guys are not owned and will likely not be picked up either. So I think this segment will still have a lot of value. So Tyler, without further ado, tell us who are the guys to keep an eye on and who should they be grabbing? Absolutely. Um, I think somebody that has had a tremendous last two weeks and I think uh, will have continued results is Randall Cobb uh, for Dallas. Uh, He had 19.5 points touchdown. He had 19.6 points last week. Um, He's been pretty consistent. He's getting the targets. Um, You know, Amari Cooper is still a massive threat, so, you know, they can't put their best cornerback on Randall. So he is somebody absolutely, if you can get him, get him. Um, you know, tight end is all is always a tricky position. Um, it is most teams bugaboo, and you know you really can't win uh, a championship unless you have every position filled. And so you have Kyle Rudolph of the Vikings, who for the last five weeks has been extremely consistent. Um, he can, is coming off the back of a 15.2 point performance. Uh, he had a touchdown uh, the week previous, came off 17.2 points with two touchdowns. Um, he is somebody that can, he's not just touchdown dependent, uh, he is quite good. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph, out of nowhere. Um, Kirky boy, Kirk Cousins, the rise of the Vikings passing game clearly provides the context for him. But um, not many people saw this. Kyle's been a pretty average tight end, but um, he might be a guy who can carry you to the finish line. I'm, uh, I'm all in on Kyle. Absolutely. Um, he is somebody, yeah, if you don't have that tight end position short up, get him because there's not much out there. Um, you know, Quickly, Bo Scarborough is another one for Detroit. Um, 14 carries, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he is somebody that I think they'll continue to rely on. Right. This is a guy who's come from the practice squad. Um, there's been another couple of running backs after Carryon Johnson's injury exit in Detroit who have been a big letdown on the waiver wire. Ty Johnson was a big one. Guys were going after him left and right, um, but he was a major flop. But um, we're hoping Bo Scarborough is the real deal. Absolutely. And I think, you know, with Matt, Matty Ice, Matt Stafford um, coming back in, uh, I think he is. They're going to continuously uh, be a scoring threat, um, and so the touchdowns will will be something you can kind of bank on with him. Um, a couple wide receivers that are not owned in our league, but are are owned in the majority of of other leagues. Um, you have both Will Fuller and Sterling Shepard, um, both of which tremendous talents, very dangerous. They're coming off injuries, so there's definitely question marks. I'm certainly not um, 100% confident in starting either this week, but again, with the final push um, for the next four, if they return, they will be weapons, and they will be people that you can start, and they could definitely be difference makers um, for the final push. Um, Somebody else, a a quick shout-out to my best friend and fantasy guru, uh, Alex Doshin, back in Denver. He, he is the man. Um, he gave me a little inside tip, um, again, back to the Broncos, but um, somebody that keep an eye out for, Tim Patrick. 
Sneaky young wide receiver. He's really benefiting from uh, Cortland Sutton demanding a ton of attention. Um, he's coming off a good performance last week, but will be somebody to watch in the next few weeks as, as kind of a flex option. Um, some wide receivers that are probably no-goes. Um, Robbie Anderson of the Jets and Dede Westbrook of Jacksonville. Both are projected to, to be high performers. Um, I worry about both uh, the Jets' offense. You just, you just cannot rely on that. Um, and D.D. Westbrook is just a product of um, you know, D.J. Shark. Just, uh, just don't think that he will get the action there. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It's a pretty strong list. Um, remember, guys, last two weeks and potential playoff runs, you're going to want to lean on a few of these players off the waivers. Um, a few to keep an eye on, perhaps guys who had some one-off boom performances in the last week. A few quarterbacks to start the list. Jeff Driscoll at Detroit. We know Matty Stafford's going to be making a, a move back soon. Um, Sam Darnold, QB for the Jets. Again, the Jets' offense has been really poor this season, so that flash game of four touchdowns probably isn't going to happen too often for Sammy Darnold. Um, Baker Mayfield, another big letdown, didn't live up to the hype. Had a decent game last week where the Browns stomped the Steelers. Um, 21 points, but we're not likely to see that very consistently for the rest of the season. And then two others, we've got Ryan Griffin, tight end for the Jets, who had a 20-point game. Again, Jets, off, Jets offense, don't make any bets. And Yakeem Grant, wide receiver for Miami. Um, we know the deal with Miami. But uh, there's a few other guys who are taking some of those targets. Um, so Yakeem Grant, probably not one worth picking up. So remember, guys, um, a final point. Tyler, I'll let you explain, but the strength of schedule is going to be a big factor here. Tell us, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Um, as I've kind of waved the white flag for the season, um, knowing that my chances are, are slim, um, I do want to just offer a bit of advice for all those owners. Um, hopefully we can knock down the, the Giants at 1-2, and two, um, and we can get a bit of fireworks here at the end of the season. So as we go into Week 12, uh, I would really suggest that, that all of the owners that are in contention be focusing on matchups for the next four weeks for all of their players, both stars and backups. Um, you know, if you're going to be relying on somebody, you know, I think it's at this point in the season that you need to just have a look at um, who the team that they're playing, you know, their direct matchups. Um, we're, we have enough data over the course of the past 11 weeks that it is pretty reliable. Um, so when you look at teams like the Jets that have just a, a, a stout running defense, um, really hold just about any running back um, you know, at bay. You, know, you look at cornerbacks that are locked down on stud wide receivers, you know, just be really wary of that and maybe make some decisions in the waiver wire accordingly. Um, I will give a quick shout out to fantasypros.com who do have a very good strength of schedule predictor, um, particularly for your QBs. So use that as a resource. Um, but just keep in mind, if you want to, to make a splash in this final push, you know, don't think just this week. Um, really look at the, the full four weeks um, and who your players are going to be coming up against. Love it. Guys, that, that wraps us up for The Wire and for the episode. Um, just as we always say, a few reminders here. Um, any questions? Uh, we'd love for you guys to submit them. Um, we only have two weeks left in the regular season and then a couple more weeks for the fantasy completion for this fantasy season. We'd love to get a few voice memos in. 
I might even send one in myself if I have to, but just send it in. Too easy. If you want to do that, just go to our website at anchor.fm slash ladsfantasy. There's a really easy button you can press to submit all of your voice memos. Um, any general fantasy questions, team structure, who should I sit start? Starting to get to be a really big time of the year where the, the strong coaches will survive, that's for sure. So keep coming back to us. We'd love to be a resource for you. Well, that's it for us. And please remember, everyone, be bold, be strong, and most importantly, be football. football.